On this episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem, I sat down with Jeff Bell of Football Guys and the Debbie Royale podcast. We talked about what Debbie is all about, being a Buffalo Bills fan, Twitter come to life at the Fantasy Football Expo, what he would do with his football cards as a kid that would make collectors cringe, retweet groups, remember those? Observational humor, and a lot more. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at For Whom J Bell Tolls. You can follow me on Twitter at The Casey Kasem, as well as the podcast at Get Real underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. This episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem is sponsored by my rad patrons on Patreon. You can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash Casey Kasem. Patrons will get access to members-only live streams of some of the episodes of the show, the ability to leave voicemail questions for upcoming guests, contests, and much more. And with that Patreon stuff out of the way, let's get into my conversation with Jeff Bell. I'm ready to hear it. Yeah, no, okay, so 2020, I remember bumping into Casey, and um, just like everybody else, I got involved really in fantasy Twitter 2020 during that pandemic, but Scott Fishball week, and so you had a tweet, and you said, show me your roster, and and I'll react to it with a gif how I feel, and so I showed (laughs) you my roster, and your gif was just kind of one of those of like, "Eh, I don't know about that one, and I ended up winning the satellite with it. So yes, I thought it was, I very, <laughs> you know, it was fantastic. No, it, it's just it's just one of those really funny, random little things that um, you know you just remember and you think about. No, that is so crazy. Like, yeah, I remember doing that, and yeah, it was it was, it was hard too to find the right one for everyone. Prom- I yes. promise. Well, sure <laughs> that was, was a lot of fun. No, that was yeah. a lot of fun. I don't know why I stopped doing that. I should, should get back into that um <laughs> so uh we were talking a lot before we got started or started if you want to call it but I'm, I'm just having a great time talking with you about like just the brief time that we had prior to me starting uh just to see how excited you are about fantasy football and the industry and everything is really cool to see so i'm here with jeff bell and we'll get into everything about him and his fantasy journey but we'll start off i'm gonna start off jeff uh and i just kind of because i don't really know your like backstory so um growing up and all of that how was sports involved in your life and what other stuff did you have going on when you were growing up so i think for me probably for a lot of people um you know my dad wasn't you my dad was into golf my dad was into racing like in and just these random things that i wasn't particularly into and it really came to coming to football and coming to really football, baseball, basketball, those sports, because searching to belong at school and, and fit in at school, I feel like even from a very young age, and, and I'm from a very small town. And so, you know, I'm basically from a Friday Night Lights town that everything is football. I'm from Ohio, I've lived in Ohio my entire life. High school football in Ohio's religion, the Buckeyes on Saturday, then you roll into the Browns, Bengals, whatever it might be. And so there are certain pockets of the country that football, you know, the SEC has grabbed that slogan, but football just means more in different areas of the country. And so I'm I'm from one of those areas of the country. And and really, I got into it just kind of looking to fit in at school, even from like kindergarten, I remember. And then kids, I vividly remember kids were like, well, what's your favorite team? And I was like, I I don't know. I don't know who my favorite (laughs) team is. And the Bills were really good then. And and they were like, well, you could like the Bills. I don't think anybody in the class likes the Bills. I was like, sure, let's go. Like, I'll I'll like the Bills and and we'll roll with that. And then that was right in the precipice before they started losing every single Super Bowl. And so, you know, I kind of lived through that. And then, you know, you start out on a high there of a very good team. And then you, you have 20 years of 
being down and, and it kind of earned my fandom at that point, but really looking for that <laughs> belonging. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a numbers guy, I'm a CPA. And, and so numbers always made sense to me. And, and I'm a, a collector. I got, and it's just one of those that my, my mom is a pack rat and I have some of that gene. And so I collected baseball cards and what I, football cards, basketball cards. And what I would do as a kid that really kind of fed into fantasy football was like I in like any collectors out there are going to cringe when they hear this, but I, I would take all my cards and I would shuffle them all up and I would make different teams and I would have Dan Marino would be thrown to Jerry Rice on this team and I would kind of work on and I would have this notebook that I would keep all the stats like I would say, well, Dan Marino threw for 4,800 yards this year and Jerry Rice had 1,800 receiving yards. So that's where those yards went on this team that I made. <laughs> and, and I would just sit there for hours and just kind of do that, shuffle those up and and keep just making different teams and, you know, playing out games in my mind. And, and I know that Scott Fish is somebody that I really look up to. He talks about his son doing kind of very similar things. And, you know, that I did a lot of that. Um, as a kid and really that that kind of rolled into you know I'm old enough that I was pre-internet age and so there was a lot of latchkey kids not the right way to say it but my parents worked different shifts and I was home yeah. by myself a lot and um, you know they did they did the best they could but a lot of watching the same movies over and over again <laughs> and playing with my my football cards on the ground on the floor and just kind of doing that non-stop and, and really kind of and, and, you know, as a kid, like I, I'm like working out batting averages for these fake baseball teams or whatever else. As soon as I learned how to do that type of math in school and I was doing that all the time. So the coolest kid that you could ever imagine I'm running across, I'm sure. Um, but that's <laughs> that's kind of really where that came into. And then it really kind of to get involved in the, the fantasy football space, really, you know, I got in my very first fantasy team. I, I vividly remember was on on SI.com and they would do this the salary cap challenge and you would. It was almost like DFS, but you would have like $60,000 or whatever it is, and, and you'd fill out your lineup, and that would score against your friends. And I, it was Kurt Warner's rookie year. And and I had, you know, I had my whole lineup, and the first game I had Dante Culpepper in, but then Kurt Warner in his first game had a great game, and his salary was dirt cheap because nobody knew who he was. He was the cheapest quarterback, and I just grabbed him from week two, and I just rode him out to the championship. I was able to have a stacked team because I had that cheap quarterback because prices would go up and down, but if you locked them in at a cheap price, that's where you got to keep them at. So it, that was really my first fantasy experience. That bled into the traditional fantasy leagues that you know we've all seen and, and played for redrafts, whatever, you know, one flex, two wide receivers, whatnot, and, and really doing that for, gosh, uh, you know, 25 years now at this point. And um, the content creation stuff was even when I was in school, like I, I was always reading Sports Illustrated. Rick Riley was a, I remember vividly reading Rick Riley, Peter King, reading Peter King, all of those. And, I, you know, all the kids would grab the Hardy Boys or whatever it might be. And I was always grabbing the Sports Illustrated every week from the library and, and reading cover to cover. And so I always wanted to do something with writing and, and creating when I got into college. I was a little bit more practical and that's why I became a CPA. I was a little bit concerned about the, the income that can be earned off writing. And, you know, when I was uh, 19 years old and so I went that direction and really kind of getting involved in content creation, really, it's just been not even two years at this point. Now it was just kind of something that I came into later in life, saw the opportunities and, and got involved to that story is starting out on, on Twitter 2020 and, and figuring out, I really wanted to get involved, like 2015, the DFS boom. I kind of poked around a little bit there. I, I met somebody from Roto Grinders, and I kind of started asking them some questions. And they kind of told me that if you're not doing 
DFS content, there's just no room for you at all in the space. And it was like, well, I, I was playing a lot of D, DFS at the time, but like I wasn't making that content yet. And, and so it was like, kind of like, well, I don't know that I feel comfortable. This is really what I want to do. And so it's kind of one of those like, well, all right, I guess it's not for me. And, you know, just kind of put it aside for like five years. And then 2020, it was, it's just, I don't know. I think our, all of our mindsets in the pandemic probably changed a little bit. We, we thought about mm-hmm. things a little bit differently and, and it just kind of reached that point, getting into Twitter and seeing more and more and then just said, you know, like I'm almost 40. I'm at the stage of my life. If I'm going to do this, like, let's do it. Let's do it right and do it hard. And, you know, here I am now. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because, yeah, a lot of most people that I talk to on this show, like around the time of the pandemic, like came across fantasy Twitter and all the other stuff that comes along with that and Scott Fishbowl, everything like that. So um, just fantasy football in general, when do you remember when you started your, you know, joined your first league? My well, other than that, Kurt Warner League, my first real league would have been probably my sophomore year of high school around 2000, 2001 ish. So, um, that that area was when I did my first league, and, and we got into a group of my buddies in college. Um, that that high school league kind of fizzled out, and then a group of us in college got into it. And, um, we we have been in a long running league, it still exists, it's morphed and taken different forms. It's now a dynasty league, it started out as a a standard redraft snake league. And then we started doing auction and we started doing keeper. And then of course I was the commissioner the entire time. And I found out about dynasty and I floated it to the, the guys and everybody wanted to do it. And, you know, it's, there's only a handful of the original people still in it. Um, it just life's happened and, and guys have kind of peeled off yeah. here and there. We met new people in different stages of life and they've joined up. So it's been, um, you know, long running, that league is started out on ESPN and you, I can still pull up the legacy on ESPN of it being there. Um, but we're all over on sleeper now doing dynasty. And we start, we've done that for a weird three, three years, three of our dynasty on sleeper now. Wow. No, I don't think I could convince uh, my home league or anybody uh, to, to just like a leave ESPN, but also, you know, then change it completely and go in the dynasty route. Uh, do you have a preference on, do you prefer one type of fantasy over another? Do you prefer like redraft or do you prefer dynasty DFS? What is your Debbie? What is your favorite thing? <laughs> I, I would dynasty is probably my favorite. Um, just kind of that, having that mindset, just being obsessed with team building and um, really getting it to pay off is, is a thing. Cause they, there would always be, it would always be so frustrating because I would go super deep. And, and, um, you know, in the redraft league, I would have like, like 15 guys that I would love to stash and mm-hmm. that I couldn't, and you just didn't have the bench space for it. And mm-hmm. then the guy would go off and it'd be like, I was the first guy on that. I know that nobody in my league was on him when I was on him. And now he's gone. He's, he's somebody else's and, and he's theirs for, especially when we were doing keeper, like now they've got him for three years and it's just yeah. like those type of things. And so dynasty, it would be my favorite. I, I love it all. You know, I, I do. I play DFS every weekend. I, DFS is the one that it's just a tough nut to crack. I think that if you're not really into it and, and really um, either playing at the high volume to get enough lineups in, or if you're not um, really getting in there and uh, maximizing your lineup, I think it's just a hard one to play. So DFS, I do a lot of. I, I do showdown like for every single game, and I just throw a buck in for whatever game, and and just kind of do it that way. That you know, I might be watching a random. Jets 
uh, Ravens game at one o'clock on Sunday, and I just have a showdown lineup there. So, um, and then I'm I'm doing uh, content for for that as well, and contributing to uh, consensus ranks on, on DFS for football guys. And so, I, I love doing that. Um, you know, I Debbie, I obviously do a Debbie show, so <laughs> I play Debbie, and then I'm very into college football, and that just is one of those that. I grew up watching football, college football. I love college football. I love the draft process. That's kind of where it leads into dynasty there. Um, redraft is always going to have a special place in, in my heart. Like for many other people, that that's how I started. And that's really how I played for 20 years. Now, it's kind of one of those. I, I prefer just to do redraft for charity leagues and, and mm-hmm. just kind of do some of those. I, we're together in, in pros with Joe's. In that league, and then you know Scott Fishbowl, obviously, there's other opportunities. And I would say, like, if you got a charity league, I, I mean, I kind of prefer best ball at this point. <laughs> yeah, um, right. <laughs> but if you got a charity league, like, let me know, and I will join it, and I would be happy to help out. So I'm I'm in a bunch of those, but yeah, I do, do kind of prefer best ball in that format now. But um, and then like best ball playing underdog, and you know my good friend Dave Kluge, obviously, he's way into that, and so we do that all off season long just to prepare and just do hundreds of drafts through the season yeah that's that's rad and like i think that uh if more charity leagues were as you said best ball then i think that that's like the thing you should get from this podcast if you're going to do a charity league that's how it should be because you probably get more people you know and that's just you gotta think you know for the kids or whatever oh no but for real like for the kids or whatever but really like scott fishbowl like really is one of those things that has really exploded the fantasy football charity league type of things like i really think that that was one of the things that just blew it up and i think that's awesome that we have so many charity leagues out there now and and everything do you have a, a specific when you're drafting, do you have a specific type of draft you like to do over one over the other, like a uh, snake draft versus an auction, for instance? I love an auction. And and uh, so I've been able to make good friends with John Bosch. And John Bosch is one of the most creative <laughs> minds in the space. Yeah. And so I've done a couple auctions with him. And, and those things are just crazy. That's like completely next level. Like multi, multi-copy, like open bid, slow auction, crazy stuff. My absolute favorite is just a fast talk auction. Um, we did one, uh, my friend Steph, um, Dave Kluge on uh, Corey Spala, uh, on uh, Kevin Coleman, Christian Williams, every, everybody, all my good friends. On <laughs> X, the Expo on Saturday night, we did oh, one no. after the party and we just got, um, we launched a, a fast draft at our Airbnb and we did a, a fast auction and it was an 18 league and, and it was just crazy oh, like, like to do man. that. It was just so much fun. It was um, just to be in person an auction. I, I don't think there's anything that beats that in fantasy football. Man, you know what? I'm going to need to get some people together. We need to do a draft at the expo next year. Like hit me up. Cause like, that sounds so dope. And it I don't know awesome. why, like that just sounds. Yeah. So so the expo, um, you know, I'm kind of doing this podcast backwards or jumping around here, but I really, because yeah. you're touching on some subjects that is that we've both experienced and like with the expo, um, not everybody's been able to be fortunate enough to attend the expo. But for so the, for those people that haven't been to the expo, what was something at the expo that like blew your mind that you never even thought in a million years like you'd be see, seeing happen? Um. Gosh, I, I mean, just Twitter come to real life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, just, and it was just one of those that 
I don't know. Like I, I feel like we we have very similar minds. I know I've I've followed you and you've talked about um, your journey of like discovery of ADHD and then going through that process. And like I, I'm like in the starting state. Like I can't get anybody to meet with me. Um, yeah. But my wife is uh, early in early early childhood and she knows and she's like you have this and um, so it's just one of those like my mind's going a million miles per hour and right. like, when I'm on Twitter it's like I'm, I'm just flying through like a million miles per hour and seeing everything and then so for it to come to life and be like oh there's that, that them, and yes, <laughs> you, yes yes and it's like Twitter in real life like this is just really cool and and just having those um, everybody's just being so laid back and and just having a good time with it um, just you know like meeting just people that you just never even imagine and you just find out they're the most down-to-earth possible person you could meet and well, how similar we all are and that's really where a lot of it comes down to like I, I always say that like all of us are that friend or that league mate that we just care a little bit too much about fantasy football <laughs> like it's like we have the other league mates that are just kind of like oh i'll set my lineup or oh you sent me a trade i didn't realize whatnot where whereas like yes i, I sent you a trade and i i would like an off a, a response and my lineup is set and hey, i've got my waivers set and everything else and so I think that we are all kind of that, you know, you're all just kind of searching for belonging, I think, throughout yeah. life. And you have that, um, you know, I'm, I was a friend that I just cared about sports a little bit too much. And so, like, hanging out with friends would be like, oh, you want to talk about sports? And, like, uh, yeah, it comforts me in some regards because I, I feel like that's where I'm, I know that I can talk about. And, like, I, yeah. I don't know, like, the conversation where you want to go to or whatnot <laughs> sometimes. And some of that plays into it, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was mind-blowing to see how many people were there that all had the same common interest and just how many people I didn't even know, like, that that were there. And then there were people that were yeah. there, you know, I, I, I mean, you see people and then, like, you forget or you, you didn't get the chance to take a photo or talk to them because, you know, or they're there, but there's so many other people. So it's just crazy. That's why multiple years keep going, you know, just keep going and you can meet and meet and meet, but yeah, it was awesome to see um, and this community and everything. How did you come across the Twitter community exactly? Um, randomly, um, I, I want to say, I feel like it was, maybe it was on Matthew Barry's podcast, the old 6010 podcast maybe that Scott Fish was. I, I remember hearing of, hearing of Scott Fish at some point. And he's the, I think he's just the great ambassador for the fantasy football community. And I think he's just brought so many people into the community. I remember hearing the conversation about Scott Fishbowl and then just kind of poking around and, and you know, starting to follow Scott and starting to follow the people that Scott interacts with and, and starting to follow. And it's just so much of this is like you uncover layer after layer and, and you're like, you just keep going way down the rabbit <laughs> hole. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you kind of get the whole picture of like, okay, these are the people now. And like, these are, um, you know, they, so-and-so likes this and he likes that and whatnot. And the, like, these are our commonalities. These are things that we can talk about. And, and, you know, so many people are just open to meeting new people and welcoming new people into the space because, you know, we all share a passion. And, you know, I think that's rare that you find a big community like that, that shares a passion like that. But that was really kind of where it, just peeling back those layers and, and just kind of going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And, you know, in 2020, I think when so many, I, I feel like you could probably, there's probably a thousand of us that in 2020 that have the same story that you just kind of start down that rabbit hole and you fall all the way down in and you learn about different podcasts and you learn about um, different websites that you could potentially work with or write for, read from, 
you do and then Scott Fishbowl week happens and you just it explodes and you know and I think that that's one of the things that I, I think that people struggle to remember that and I thank you for asking me that question because it's nice to remember like that and I, and I think a lot of people in the space don't think about that journey for themselves and they they kind of mm -hmm. in those um you know one of the things that i was talking this weekend with matt waldman and matt waldman somebody that I, i've come to know love or respect and mm -hmm. you're, he was just talking about um some of my first experiences and like just like how people have forgotten about the first time they did that and so they don't necessarily like um i don't know it's it's really funny it's just a, a silly little thing but like i was third in ecr like week three and i was like oh this is gonna be awesome like everybody's gonna be like great job jeff and and like it was like crickets and it was like <laughs> just one of those of like oh okay well i'll get back to work on the next week um but talking to him through that and he just put it in perspective that i think a lot of people have just forgotten those first and like forgotten that excitement of the first time something happens and so they don't necessarily share that with the new people that it happens to because you just kind of you get into your um routine you get into living your life and, and kind of going about your day and so i think it's really important to remember and, and that's one of the things that you know i remember your why is is something that um i, I believe in that remember why you started doing this and, and so um that i don't know it's a roundabout way of answering that but that's kind of where i got involved when the I guess the surge of people joining the fantasy community on Twitter where I've I've never been on anything but Twitter for fantasy yeah. I've never been on any of like reddit or anything which that's just my personal preference but um but I've been on Twitter for a little longer so uh for a while longer I just was following because of podcasts and stuff like you were saying getting yeah. that and then starting to follow more and I, to see when that wave started happening and when it started growing and growing, which is so awesome to see how everybody's just like grown during this time and found their voice. So um, when you're putting out content for the first time, how are you going about coming up with it, exactly what you're going to put it out? What kind of ideas are going on in your head when you're first putting out content? Um, I, I would say when I very, very first started, I it was just a shotgun approach almost of just like <laughs> I had just so many random ideas that I wanted to, to do and and I I knew I wanted to write and I've always loved writing and that's always been a major passion of mine I loved writing in school um, and so being able to tell stories it was something that I knew that's what I wanted to do uh, the podcast stuff was you know I kind of realized that to, to in order to progress take steps that's a necessary thing that you need to do but it also allows you to meet people you know like we're doing right now um, and build those relationships as well. And so adding that in, um, when I first started writing, like if you go back and read my first stuff with um, Going for Two and with Fantasy in Intervention, it is the most random, crazy stuff that I think you could probably read because it was just, I knew I didn't have any interest in writing. Like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to be a Matthew Berry clone. Like, I wasn't going to tell the, the, the story and, and go into um here's my start six or like right. here's my my ad waivers you know i i wanted to write uh you know, i guess i want to write thought-provoking pieces i guess maybe um just like look at research different topics dive into mm -hmm. things and and talk about game theory type things like those interesting ideas or trends that i'm seeing in football and and really kind of i love to what we do on the the now the college football the fantasy or the football guys 
college football show and it used to be the Debbie Royale is, is we really just kind of talk about football as opposed to like talking about fantasy football and just kind of bringing it back that layer. I think that there can be so much, if you just talk about football, people can learn so much and then kind of take their own inference off of it. And you're mm-hmm. kind of taking that extra step beyond, well, this is the player that I think you should start this week. Or this is the reason why you should add whatever quarterback because he's averaged this many fantasy points coming up. And and so to, to be able to do that and build that second step and like build that extra understanding of the game. And that's what a lot of the people that content creators that I look up to and respect and follow, they've been able to do that and teach you more about football to allow you to make your own inferences off that. And that's really kind of what I would like to do or like kind of try to gear my content towards some of it. It's, I feel like moving up to football guys, it's kind of, I've lost a little bit of that just because you're, you're hitting like things that need to be hit in in order to go to the consumer base. It's a little bit and Joe and during the off season is fantastic. Of like, if you got an idea run football, run with it and go with it. And Mm -hmm. during the season, it's a little bit more like, this is the cycle. It's come to expect, like, this is what the consumer is looking for in this window. And so Mm -hmm. it's been, uh, yeah, a lot. Of, that would be the the first thing that I would tell people of like, if you when you get started in it, just write, just crazy, yeah. random, whatever it might be, for sure, <laughs> and, and really learn and exercise those different things in your mind, and and so that's what I'm really trying to look for and trying to create. And I really do like how you brought up that when you moved up to, you know, when you moved to, to football guys, how like during in season, there's certain things that people are looking for. So, because yeah, that's how, I, and it was kind of a different, like when I was writing for the fantasy footballers, it was like yeah. that as well, which is totally cool. And I'm all about that because I need structure in my life to yeah. help me like, but like it kind of like took me, whoa you know, kind of shocked me because I was writing for a site where I could write whatever I wanted. And I I know that there's a certain, you know, and that's just how it is. And, um, and it's totally cool. But like you said, the off season is also an awesome time to be able to put out content that isn't the normal stuff that people are, you know, out looking for. So that's cool. Uh, I mean, I said that like really sarcastic. So that's cool. But (laughs) I meant, so that is cool. Um, (laughs) I wasn't trying to be sarcastic, but no. So how did you go about though, finding a place or finding places to put out your content? So, um, I mean, Twitter, but you know, it was one (laughs) of those that um, there was one website that had put up that they were looking for writers and I just wrote a sample and sent it in and, and they said, no. And, um, you know, it was my very first time and it was kind of like, oh, well, okay. And it was one of those like moments to like, I talked about 2015 getting started. Just one of those of like, all right, well, well maybe this is, isn't for me. And by like, yeah. um, and then kind of, I went quiet for a little bit. And, and then there was, um, like a one tweet that somebody kind of just put out and they were like, I'm, I'm looking to get started making content. How do I do that? And, and I just replied on that. I was like, I'm following this. Like, I'd like to see as well. And, uh, my great friend Jay Feliciano or Felicio reached out to me and Jay is one of the most kindest altruistic per- people in the space. And he reached out to me and he was writing with going for two at the time. And so the um, got me involved with talking to Jeff Lambert and Jeff Lambert is fantastic, just a great person. And he just runs a fantastic site. That is a great place for people to get started because um, Je- Jeff will give you guidance. He'll get you set up and they'll be like, this is how you need to do it. And then they'll be like, write what do you want to write? 
like do whatever you want to do and you know it's really on you and in, in order to do that and then um doing that that and then that was kind of the time that um fantasy intervention was really just exploding and going off and if you're in the space like in in 2020 everybody remembers fantasy intervention if you were in the space then it's just really kind of hard to describe <laughs> what was going on kind of that year um it, but chase vernon and and i chase has been fantastic i reached out to chase i was like hey hey i'd really like to get involved with this you know i've been following you all season long i love what you guys are doing i'd like to get involved in that and so he brought me in and then chase really taught me a lot about the business and mm -hmm. you know like a lot of behind the scenes he's a fantastic mentor and he you know he really is very passionate about teaching people about the fantasy business side of it and and so through that that's where i met dave kluge i, I met steph smalls i met uh, all my friends now really um <laughs> and it, it was just like a clubhouse vibe like really kind of that company and that yeah the chat and everything and just kind of hanging out there and, and just getting to know everybody and and really building those relationships and then carrying that through and then kind of really kind of just riding the wave with that for a little bit and then you know things changed there and it, i got an opportunity through jeff lambert with fantasy pros and so i worked with fantasy pros for about a year um really kind of one of those that i started out my my way through that door was i started doing debbie content for them and they were looking for somebody to do debbie content so i got involved there i got on the email distribution blaine blots is a he's a great he's the editor over there he they have a you know ideas that you can write distribution list that goes out every month and so i got on that and i just started writing random stuff and and so then kind of worked my way up through there and then just goes back to networking is, is a lot of it and you know i knew like be, before i even got started that football guys is like my holy grail of being able to and and that was just uh i did matthew barry's roto pass and, and got involved in that in like 2014 2015 just forever ago and so i had been following football guys for almost 10 years now at this point and you know the audible those in the podcast it was my ritual it, that yeah. show starts off talking about rituals routines and, and sig's voice on there and, and it was like every friday i would go home from work i'd mow the lawn and I'd listen to the audible from tuesday night and or from thursday night and, and that was kind of my routine like reading the site and, and all the great writers over there and and so networking getting to know joe and you know obviously connection with dave certainly helped in that regard and, and being able to kind of work my way in there and and you know eventually they're going to realize i'm there and probably kick me out because i am not smart enough and good enough to be there but um no that that's really just kind of been the journey that is so cool because like i i've been on twitter for a while and then when i started getting into fantasy football it was like 2011 or so like finding the content on the internet and, and finding yeah. twitter and stuff like i was already on twitter so i was like exposed to it then and then to see like just when COVID hit and everything, how many uh, people joined the space and, and brought content. And so now you have all of this content to take in instead of just yeah. like a handful of podcasts or a handful of, you know, art, you know, authors or whatever was going on. And YouTube was just out of the picture because like nobody was putting out video content the way that they are now. So it's just really cool to see how you guys came in and, and were able to to put out like such awesome content. And when you're getting your content out there for people to see, do you have any tips or tricks on how to get more people to get their eyes on things? Or is it just kind of like up to luck? Um, I, I don't know. 
it, it, I think that so much, even in like the last year, in the last two years, so much has changed in the space. I think that um, in 2020, it just seemed like everything was way more open. And it, I think that there's so many shows and everything that have left the space, it seems like. It, it used to be in 2020, it seemed like any random weeknight, you would open up Twitter and you would see 15 <laughs> different live shows going on. And oh, like yeah. now I, I feel like you don't see that anymore. And so um, it's hard... I feel like I'm yeah. I'm incredibly fortunate because um, in reality, they're a dirty thing that people don't like. Uh, retweet groups, I mean, are kind of a necessary evil. I feel like if you're getting started in the space and like, yeah. I'm not really involved in them anymore. Um, right. But, you know, I, I think that that's finding, but so much can grow out of those. And, and yeah. I think that there's, right. I don't know, there was just so much animosity and like just taking things down. I, I feel like over the last year, two years about some of that stuff, but like that, finding a group of like-minded people going through the same thing that you're going through at the same steps of the journey, being able mm -hmm. to help each other out, being able to share those types of things, I I just think are invaluable. And and I think that our space that we're in and everybody talks about it being high school and, and I, but they talk about it like from like the, the social side being high school and whatever, that's whatever and, and whatever, leave it where that is. But like I view it like high school in terms of classes where like like you had like the seniors and then like the juniors and then like we came in all together. We're like the freshmen and we're all like <laughs> wide eyed and we don't know what to do. And like you're able to build relationships with people going through those same types of things like and that that's really thinking through life like that's really the times that you are able to make those new friendships those new relationships is like your freshman year basically your freshman year sophomore year when you might go to a new college and you're meeting other freshmen or you might go to a uh, go to big high school a bunch of schools come together and you're meeting other freshmen and and so that's where it's like the the social side whatever drama whatever it might be like i leave that behind but i look at it in co in terms of being like high school in terms of like coming in together, learning together, supporting each other, sharing yeah. this experience together, sharing each other's content, getting it out there and, and really just kind of, and that would be find friends. Like when you get started, like and yeah. find friends that are at your, at your level, because, um, you know, as you get into it, you're talking to, I'm sure you probably talk to the same people every day. I talk to the same people every day. And then we're at the point now where we've been doing that for years now. And you've built those relationships. It's hard mm -hmm. to welcome new people into those yeah. circles, those areas. And it, it's, mm -hmm. it is, it's just life. And, you know, it's not like a bad thing or a negative thing. It's just that you've built up that trust and you've built up that camaraderie, that relationship. It's hard to welcome new people into those types of things. So find those other new people that are, going through that want to get involved and, and build those relationships that way and you know build that way and, and help each other out share each other's content reach out to people that you know ask for some help like I, i'm happy to retweet some stuff like i don't get very much stuff shared with me anymore to in order to retweet it i'm happy to retweet stuff and like things like yeah. that it's just you know i i don't know it's it's all but I, I do think that things have changed over the last year two years in the space um just isn't I don't know if it was just because there was such an influx of new people that it just kind of forced the floodgates open in that regard. And, and we didn't have anything because, else to do. We didn't have anything else to do either. Yeah. That, that was my thing is I couldn't leave the house. So it's like, yeah. well, I want to talk to people. So I'm gonna get on 
yeah. and talk with other people. <laughs> yeah, and well, it, it's life has been hard since twenty. Yeah, like just navigating. Like if you have a real job and you, whether you're work from home or you're going back into the office, there's a yeah. lot involved in going back to your workspace, wherever that might be. There's a lot involved in that. There's a lot. It just seems like the world in general, people are. Yeah, you know, I'm in a client service industry. Like people are just not as nice as they used to be. Like, it, <laughs> like even like outside of Twitter, like just in life, yeah. it seems like you run into people like on the street that they're just not as nice as they used to be. It's just like, I'm, everybody's just, I don't know if everybody's a little bit on edge based on everything that's just going on. And there's just so many, we've just been mm -hmm. stressed out for the last two years and everybody's just tired. And, and everybody's that's just probably tired. a lot of it, but yeah, yeah. it just kind of seems like people just aren't generally as nice as they were truth i can feel that i can feel that um but for the nice for the nice go of it all um you had talked about the retreat i just want to talk about the retweet groups yeah, really yeah. quick because i totally forgot about retweet groups like yeah. totally forgot about it i was in like a handful of them I, i'm probably still in some that just like died yeah. but yeah wow you just blew my mind coming up with like something from my past that i totally forgot about and you say past, but like two years ago or whatever, but yeah. still, I totally forgot about that. So <laughs> that's, that's um, yeah. And like, it, there was just so much discussion about that and like people getting frustrated about those things. And then just leave just people, yeah. Well, and I think people just stop, just stop doing it. And yeah, you know, it's, um, but, but I also at the same time, I don't think that there's that much new stuff getting written. And like, yeah, that, it just doesn't seem like. At least I'm not seeing it. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like I'm seeing new articles or new. A lot of these small websites, I'm just not seeing it anymore. And and I don't know if it's, and I will admit that I've part of, I don't know, it's part of the journey, but like my experience on Twitter has changed dramatically in the last two years. And, you know, I have, I have somewhat of a following, and, but that, so it's plus or minuses um, with things. You know, there's trade-offs there that, that people don't treat you the way that they used to, which in turn causes you to have different experiences, which, you know, I, I've pulled back a lot on my timeline and like I've narrowed things and like, I, I don't see a lot of fantasy content on my timeline, to be honest with you, because I see a lot of, you know, I see a lot of beat writer stuff. Like I'm trying to follow team news and I see yeah. just so many random joke like things and videos. And like, that's just, um, I, and that's maybe that's what I've interacted with, and that's where I've gotten to the point. But it's I just Twitter makes me laugh like so yeah. much. Like just you, there's so many funny things on Twitter that um, it always just it, it's I just find it interesting when people like get swept up in the drama, whatever it might be, because it's like there's so many funny different random things on this website and uses for this website that like that's where you're gonna spend your time like doing it. Like like let's have fun, let's laugh at stuff. Yeah, for sure. I totally get that. Well, I I totally get like with. Twitter too, like there's a, a lot of crowds that are all stick to football and, 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 you know, that's all they want to see on their timeline versus like people who want to have a good time. Sorry guys, people that want to have a good time and talk about other things besides just fantasy football. <laughs> so do you think that that comes into play when it comes to like how people act on, on Twitter when they're coming off a little aggressive? I'm sure that that's probably part of it that like I follow you that I'm following you for a reason. I'm following you because I look in your bio and I see football guys that I'm expecting to get football stuff from you, but it's, I, I don't know. It's like it's 2022, like people are going to put their lives in different things out there. And it's, and, and I think that one of the things that I struggle with probably on Twitter without even realizing it of like, I might, I don't know, like 
there's so many things that can be taken as like microaggressions or whatever else that like are not yeah. at all. Like, like I'll yes. tweet like, thank you. I'm sorry you said that because that hits home. Keep keep yeah. talking. Well, no, but it's like not a, like like I, I tweeted like last week. I tweeted like, oh, people were really putting Justin Jefferson above Cooper Cup because they thought he would be Cooper Cup. I'm people. I did it. Like yeah. it's like I'm not I'm not attacking anybody. With like I'm I'm dunking on myself with this. Yeah. Tweet. Or like you know, and like I would. It's like just there's so many things of like, are you coming at me? And like, yes. no, like, I'm coming they come at in myself. Your DMs I'm and they're like, at myself. Like, Bruh, come on, man. I wasn't that. Like, but if you got a conscience, I don't know what to tell you. But well, I I had a tweet on on Monday, and like my tweet was like basically like if Ken Ken Walker's on your waiver wire, make sure that like I'm on Ross St. Brown and Leonard Fournette aren't there too. And like people are like <laughs> got so mad. I'm like, well, people playing different sizes, and they're fifty percent owned on ESPN and and everything else. And it's like, well, first off, like, oh like I that got a lot of traction, and I like I saw subtweets off whatever is whatever is going on there. Um, but like that, there's different ways of sharing consumer and sending those messages because yeah. I look at it as like I'm those are the guys that I'm putting him with now that he's the running back with the Seahawks and like and I know that subtlety's dead and inference is dead on stuff, but a lot of what I tweet is like I, I'm trying to shape a message of like if you're seeing Ken Walker here and you're seeing Leonard Fournette in the same tweet that should fire something in your mind that like are those similarly valued players moving forward like it's just not mm -hmm. not everything is like really when i tweet it's ne almost never aggressive <laughs> like never okay. and it's, you know i just dunk on myself a lot and and i see random things that like i generalize and and whatnot but it's just it's just funny like how people can just get very very into it oh Good to know that I'm in the same boat as you and that I'm not yeah. like by myself over here. So <laughs> it feels like we're by ourselves quite often. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, maybe I just need to learn how to tweet better. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so you brought up Debbie earlier and yeah. um, there are people out there, surprise, surprise, that don't know what Debbie is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't know what Debbie was just a little while ago until John Bosch and everybody else. I don't know who told me Katie flower, somebody I talked to, I don't know. Um, but that's how I jumped in. I don't do it, but that's how I like tried. And then it was like, I fail. But for people that don't know what it is, go, I'm, I'm just rambling now, but Debbie, go ahead and explain exactly what it is for people. Well, I mean, it's, it, if you know what dynasty is, you know that you've got uh, usually the way the best way I describe it is you've got dynasty and you've got your taxi squad and you have some college players on your taxi squad is basically you've used some of those draft picks early, more or less, and you're holding those pieces. And that's the simplest way. And, and obviously there are so many layers involved and in you can play college fantasy football. You can play campus to Canton leagues, hybrid fantasy leagues where you're playing both college and they move up to your nfl league um but that's the simplest way to describe it of and really um people just i, I feel like it's the the niches get dumped into buckets and it's like idp or like Devi, and it's like people are like wow that that's next level i, I don't know that i can play that and it's like well if you watch college football you probably know who the good players are you probably and if you don't they're the guys at ohio state and alabama and georgia so you, you know just kind of get those guys or like if you for idp i really enjoy idp but it's like everybody's like oh that that's next level i couldn't play idp and it's like well do you know who aaron donald is like you watch football on sunday like do you know who micah parsons is like 
if you know who these TJ Watt is, like you have already broken down a lot of those doors of playing IDP. You know, it's not the scary thing of, of um, not, I, I don't know. It's just one of those that if you enjoy college football or if you enjoy actually watching football on Sundays, like there's just different game modes that seem scary before you step into it. And the other thing is people are afraid to be bad at it or people are afraid yes. to fail. And, yeah. and it's, I don't know. I, I play in John Bosch leagues and I am getting my ass handed okay. to me, to be honest with you, because like there is just, I, there's one league that I'm one and eight in and I don't uh, even know, I don't know how in week five how? I'm one and eight. And, but like, how, how, how have I played nine games in week five? Like only in oh John Bosch's world. Um, John but Bosch. <sighs> no, but there's, it's just so much fun. Like, and, and it's just yeah. one of those that, and, and I think that it's a lot of it. I'm in too many leagues. I'll be the first person mm. to tell you that. And so I think that when yeah. you're at that level, it's like, I remember the days of being in two leagues and like it was like live or die. Like if I, I won that week, I'm thinking yeah. about it. And like my one of two leagues, you're checking it and checking it and checking, checking it, it through the games. And now oh it's like God. I would hear people talk about like, oh, I just check after the games. Like I and I was always like, how? How do you? This how do you not up. know exactly <laughs> what the opponents need to do in this game in order to win you this game? And it's like now I'm at the point of like, yeah, I, I can't even possibly check yeah. like during the day. Like I'm just watching football again. And it's, it's freeing in some ways, but it's also, it, it makes you, I'm not afraid of failure in in that regard there. And so I'm willing to try new things because in some league I'm failing. Like I know that <laughs> and in other leagues I'm not, but it's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's all just fun. So to be involved in Debbie, do you think that you should be watching college football or do you think that you can you can i mean i know you said if you know but like college i don't watch college so it's like could you think i'd still be okay at playing debbie you know what i mean well join the debbie royale patreon and you're going to certainly going to be okay there, there but, we uh, go. You know, or listen to the football the football guys college football show and you'll, you'll be okay now i think i mean there's enough content out there now um, Camps Can's a great website, and, and they do great work over there. Uh, you know, De- Destination Debbie Ray, the, those guys are fantastic. They do great work. Uh, there's enough resources now that, um, and you know, if you got connections in the space and you you know people that they'll help, they'll help you. People will be more than willing to help. Out. Everybody wants to grow it, and um, so people will be more than willing to reach out, follow them, help you. Um, so you don't need to be watching college football. I would say to do Debbie. Um, consume draft content that's where a lot of it comes out of and, and kind of look ahead to those next guys and that's really where it comes down to of like you're just debbie is just trying to guess your rookie draft a year in advance and yeah. that's that's really all it is and it's like and you can watch college football and add that extra element to it but it really just comes down to trying to guess your rookie year or your rookie draft a year ahead or two years ahead which I mean, you're basically guessing when you go in anyway, because by the time the season's over with, you're like, eh, so like, why not? I'm the only reason I was like, ah, when you were talking earlier about like everything was when you said John Bosch, because I was in a league with John Bosch, one of his leagues, and I'd never done any of that. And don't, um, don't just jump in like that, like kind of yeah. like you know, no. don't just go John no. Bosch right away. Like take your time and then test some other stuff out. No, John knows my wife met him at the um convent or at the expo and was just like, you're the guy with the crazy rules and the gr- crazy, you know, bylaws and stuff. He's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, 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 I play in a couple of leagues with John and like, I just, my only goal is to just not make John mad. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll just like, you know, 
screenshot whatever you're asking anyway like he'll be like whoa, whoa here's a screenshot i answered that question already it's right there yes. <laughs> like uh this is not a john bosch podcast so anyway i'll um, go listen to whatever episode i'll, I'll insert it right here at yeah <laughs> anyway okay. um uh so uh with like leagues and everything what would you say is something that you look at when you're determining when you have you first of all have you ever cut back on leagues or do you just keep adding uh, i'm going to cut back this year yeah, you're um, going to so i can ask you like how are you going to determine which ones you're cutting back with how how do you go about cutting it down um i, I think the the most important thing with leagues is who you're playing with um, yes 100 who you're playing with is really gonna and people that are like you that you enjoy spending time with like that's gonna always be the first determining factor i think that and then um, you know, just kind of probably league styles, things like that are, are probably a big part of it too. Um, what do you enjoy doing? Are you in a bunch of random leagues that you just struggle to understand the rules or whatever it might be? Are you, um, are you in a hyperactive league? Are you the trade addicts league, but you're just so busy that you're just not able to fulfill your obligations. I, yeah. I feel like to, that you're stepping into join some of those leagues with Russ and, and those types of leagues, like it really just kind of those, but the people people are everything like and, and yes, that's the, the thing. And it's and the people that you play with is the most important thing that's really what fantasy football comes down to is is really building and learning and maintaining those relationships it's just connectivity it's just a way for us to connect with people mm-hmm. and that is 100 i'm like only in russ uh dynasty outhouse if you guys know i'm only in his dynasty leagues like nobody else so i'm those are my dynasty leagues three because i know the commission that's important is to know who's also your commission because like you know everybody, yeah. some people are lazy no offense but i me as a no offense to myself but as, i'm i'm a lazy commissioner so i could never so <laughs> um when you get into a league that's a little bit more challenging do you feel like you have to do more research and more like grinding to try to figure you know or is it the same amount no matter what kind of league you're in the work that I do and the prep that I do, um, I don't know. I'm digging deep. You know, I'm I'm doing ECR every week, my rankings every week, and I'm I I rank 185 wide receivers every week. So I mean, I I'm going as deep as they go. Um, you know, doing dynasty rankings up to 400 people, so 400 players. I mean, I so I'm digging as deep there. It's not a different level of research. I don't think it's just my frustration. I just wish I had more time to do trades. Um, and, and that's kind of what a lot yeah. of it is of like, yes. I love to do trades. And I just, that is the one thing that's really suffering. I think from being in too many leagues of not just not having the time to do that, like I would like to do it and to really actively manage teams like I would like to do it. And you're just kind of like, as things come up, like, sure, let's like do that trade or whatever. But like, I'm not, I, I'm the type, I'm the guy that you get in the league and like, I'd be sending like three offers a week to everybody in the league, like if I could. And yeah, and, um, that's, that's the one thing that's um, just disappeared. Um, I just don't, the time's not there for that. Mm-hmm. So for people who have never actually gone through the experience of trading, because like, especially in redraft, it's really hard to get people to trade. So um, first of all, are you able to pull off trades in redraft in your redraft leagues when it's allowed? I used to be um, like, but that was, uh, I don't know. The information I think has changed dramatically probably from when I did a lot of those. 
um, I, I don't try anymore. Um, just yeah. you're in too many dynasty leagues. I'm just not going to, I don't know. And like, so that's why I try to stick to charity leagues there. And a lot of them don't even allow trading. So um, yeah. a lot of them preferably are best balls. So, but it is so hard to do trades and redraft. Um, you know, it really comes down to, I, I don't know, people do trades on buys. And like, I'm the type of like, I don't care at all about buys. And so you get so many trade questions about why well, I got this guy coming up on a buy. Like, should I make a tra- this trade for this guy? And it's like, no, like just fill a random <laughs> dude in. It's one yeah, week. Right. But, um, but it's, uh, as situations change, I mean, that's really kind of where trades would come from, injuries or whatever it might be. And, and kind of, I, I just think a lot of those, I don't know, I played football, fantasy football for long enough that I saw when there was a research edge and I saw that when you were able to, um, if people didn't realize that like probably shouldn't be doing too many two for ones, like you shouldn't be on the, the one side of two for ones and, and those types of things. I, there used to be a, a day when you'd be able to swing those types of things that yeah. I think people, the conversations got out there enough now to like people just don't do those types of things all that often anymore. No, they um, don't. So, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, <laughs> It's just very, very hard, I think, to do. Um, and I see a lot of, I see a lot of trade questions, and a lot of the trade questions, I'm like, are, are you guys just bored? Because like, you, you're basically like, and I understand like, if you like this guy a little bit more, and he likes that guy a little bit more, okay, sure, do a trade. But like, it's like you want to trade Justin Jefferson for Jamar Chase, sure, man, do it. Who do you like more? All right, cool. Like, I don't know. Trade addicts that. needs content for their podcast, so. Hey. Hey, oh, <laughs> is there anything like the stereotypical trade things that happen during trades that bother you? You know, some people have a certain thing where they're like, oh, that bothers me during trades. Or, or are you not too concerned with how people go about doing trades and stuff? I mean, I'm usually the one that accept, that'll accept. Um, I'll just be like, cool, you're in the ballpark of like, you're close <laughs> enough to like whatever, done deal. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not somebody that's going to squeeze every little bit of value out. I wouldn't say that there's things that, I don't know, hypothetically, I would prefer to live in a world where you've at least looked at my roster and thought about the players that you're sending me when you're sending me a trade. Yeah. Hypothetically, and live in yeah. that world, That that's the world that, um, I like to live in, but I admittedly, because of time constraints, I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, I like this guy on your roster. I don't want this guy on my roster anymore. I'm just going to offer this trade out here. And you're probably going to say, don't do it anyways, but I'll just throw it out there anyways. And, you know, maybe you'll say yes, and, or maybe you'll give me a counter and I'll accept it. But other than that, it's just, um, but that's really kind of it, take that extra time. I, I think that, um, and talk through things it helps yeah. kind of sometimes too. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I feel like I'm like type of like, I'm just so antsy about it. And like, I'll talk to somebody and they'll be like, I'll do that. And I'll be like, okay, accept it. Like, make sure you accept it because I'm, I'm worried Let's that go. you're going to say you're going to change your mind here. You're going to change your um, mind. No, but it's I uh, like, I, I'm vehemently anti-trade veto. And I like to yeah. be in, in leagues that um, instant trades that, you know, we're, we're two adults. We are, we yeah. agree to it. You know, we're, we're trust each other and you trust the people yeah, in your league should um, be yeah you, yeah i see so i don't know like twitter's a weird space and you, you see a lot of people and i'm just kind of my, my answer to i don't know like I, I don't say this to people but i'm like playing better leagues because if you're concerned about collusion or whatever your league yeah playing better, play with better people i guess yeah. it's it's uh it's just not it's something that even enters my mind that i could be in a league with somebody that would be colluding and like a lot of that maybe it's just got to the point where i'm playing with 
industry people that are like they're, they're friends like and yeah i don't friends. know i trust my friends not to be colluding in a league basically but um that i mean that's a lot of it but i, I don't know i i always hate that being in a league where you have to wait two days after the trade oh break process you're just kind of oh like oh my gosh no I, the, as soon as i learned about the world of instant trades and dynasty yes. leagues and i'm like yeah we we agreed to it deal's done your team's my team good yeah, I thought that's how trades went when I first started because I was like, you have to wait two days. Like, why? Yeah. Like, yeah. why? And so then I was like, I'm just commissioning my own league next year. And then I was like, oh, you don't have to. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I, and yeah, totally. When, uh, and I'll also sometimes think I'm sending people, you know, I look at their roster and think they need this. I send it yeah. and they're like, well, I actually don't need that on my roster. So I don't know what you're coming at me from. And I'm, that's what gets me. I'm like, dude, I tried to look at your, I'm sorry, you're wrong. But yeah. <laughs> so, so there's, there is an art to trading. There, there absolutely. And I love it. I, it's my favorite yes, thing. Like so art of trading is my favorite thing in fantasy football. Like I had uh, somebody, my, my brother-in-law in my home league um, today, like I was like trying to do a deal. Like I was trying to get Debo Samuel from him. And he was like, well, I don't like what, like, why do you think that I would want these pieces? And I'm like, well, you've already traded Terry McLaurin and whoever else for 2023 first. So it doesn't seem to me like you're trying to win right now. So I don't really understand why you've got him on your team if you're not trying to win. And he was just like, thanks. Like, why do you think I'm not trying to win? I'm like, because you traded all your good players for draft picks. That means you're not yeah. trying to win. Yeah. I finally. I finally grasped that concept. I started yeah. doing that. And I was like, why do I have so many first? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, so football guys, I've had a bunch of people on here, yeah. uh, including Joe Kelly. Um, and everybody's been so awesome. And I love everybody with football guys. It's such a great group. How does it feel to be part of a group like that? And then also I want to know, like, how did you transition over to football guys? So um, I got involved with football guys the summer of 2021 and they, Joe reached out to, it was a couple months after Dave Kluge had started with them. And D Dave and I, um, we worked together at Fantasy Intervention. And he just became my best friend in the industry. I talked to him all every day. Um, and so he got involved with Joe and he had told his story in the, you know, the previous episode. And so listen to that and then check out other, Casey's other episodes and find out all these other things. But um, <laughs> no, I, I got in, and I knew Dave and, and Dave certainly told Joe about me and, and Joe brought me in in the summer to do um, just write a couple articles of like kind of a guest appearance type thing. And, and so um, I wrote a Travis Etienne article when he was a rookie and it was very, very well received. Um, and then Travis Etienne got hurt like two weeks later and missed his entire rookie year. Because <laughs> that, that's the world that we live in. Um, yes. But um, so, so then that really kind of started to build that connection. And, and that's, it's just one of those that, um, you know, it was my dream destination where I wanted to be. Uh, I'd followed Joe for years and um, just ha started having those conversations with Joe and, and kind of, you know, this is what I can do. And, uh, you know, he, he, when I got started, it was one of those that um, we, we like to hire people in January and I got started in the summer. And so rolling into the season, it was, everything's kind of spoken for and so I, I spent the season working for fantasy pros and fantasy pros great people over there and um very very fortunate to come to to know a lot of those people but um i didn't feel like home just because i, I kind of knew um what i wanted out of right. where i wanted to write from and i kind of had an idea that you know obviously football guys is it so 
once the season ended, Joe reached out to me immediately. We had stayed in touch and talked throughout the year and, and we had conversation and was fortunate enough to join the team. Um, and so now kind of almost, I mean, I technically have been there for over a year just from when I got started, but um, you know, it's 10 months now. So that's kind of crazy. Um, that, that's going fast, but um, then being there, it's, I don't know. It's like kid in the candy store. It's, um, <laughs> you know, Rich Rebar always says that, like, you know, we're, we're, we're working in the candy store. It's just wild um, to see just how smart and how dialed in and, and how experienced the staff is and, and just that, talk about football on the next level. And there's, there's just no drama at all. And there's just nothing. It's, it's all respect and it's all just a very, very nice place to be to have and, and there's nobody saying well you're an idiot like because you think that it's it's just mm-hmm. uh you know and, and there's a lot of maybe gentle course correction of like well i'm, I'm not c- quite sure what you're seeing there or whatnot like those types of things but um it's just very very knowledgeable very very respectful very very just good people bottom line that's that's super rad and did how many times have you gone to the expo i've been twice so, okay. So did you get yeah. to meet a bunch of uh, football guys, staff members in person? Yeah, I did. Um, so in 2021, the first year that I went, there was a football guys dinner that I went to because um, I was a kind of contributor that, at that point. Um, and so I met everybody then and, and got to know people then. And then um, this past year, I was fortunate enough. I had dinner with Joe a couple of times and, and um, he somehow asked me to be on a panel with him and that was just wild and, and next level so i got to do that um, and just kind of building those relationships it's just funny because it's it, i don't know you experience it with everybody but like you you have text conversations with people and whatever else and then yeah. part of like before the in the first expo there's kind of like is this real like i don't know <laughs> it's just it's and even like yeah doing the podcast like but like Part of me is like I, I'm sh- I've surely lost my mind, and I'm sitting in a padded room somewhere, and like this, this is just way too surreal to actually be real. And then to experience that in life, and, and even then, it, it feels like surreal to be like, "Hey, there's Dave, there's Corey, there's Steph. Like this is weird. Like yeah. but this is cool. Like and like everybody is just when you talk to people like in day by day." when you hang out in person, you're like, I already know who you are, but like to take that next level and, and actually spend that time together and, and realize. And, and that's one of the nice things of like that first year, it was like, you're Joe, like, oh my goodness. Like, I, <laughs> and, and like, now it's just like, Hey Joe, how are you doing? Like, yeah. It's just that, that different. Is there anybody in the industry that you haven't met that you want to be you know, able to see face to face and have a conversation with Matt Harmon um, is somebody that I I was fortunate enough to play in the they did a Yahoo Listener League um, gosh five years ago or so and I was fortunate enough to play in that and so uh, that's somebody that um, I've been able to talk to and I, I did a show with him um, and we you know he was t- kind of somebody that. Even before I was nobody, before I was anybody at all, he would answer DMs and we'd talk a, a little bit. And um, when I, like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to get involved in the industry. And I reached out to him. I was like, like, what do you think about it? He's like, go for it, do it, like, do it. And so um, he, he's always been very positive. Um, and I, I don't 
talk to him nearly as much as I'd like to just he's very, very busy. And, and yeah. you know, I'm very busy as well. That's somebody that um, I've just looked up to for um, years now. And then uh, I'd love the opportunity to meet him. I, yeah, he's probably one of the biggest reasons why this podcast even exists is because he was like, cause I, I wanted to do something like b- yeah. backyard banter and I wanted it to be similar to that. I listened to that podcast and Matt was so good at what he did. And I was like, I want to be able to do that. And like some sort of like talk show interview type thing and help people out as well. So like, and being able to talk to him on here, like, like you said, like I, it's just you know, that's somebody I look up to as well. So it was, it, it's super dope to be able to like talk to these people and talk yeah. to people that you never in a million years, like, thank goodness the internet was invented because like yeah. none of this would be happening. We wouldn't know anybody. We wouldn't, you know, I mean, we just know our, the people around us. We wouldn't never meet you, never, you know, never be able to talk to you and never know you exist. So it's just crazy to think about that whole thing. I was thinking the I was thinking the exact same thing last week after you had asked me to come on the show and I was driving around and I was like, this is just cool. This is yeah. just very, very cool that we're able to do these things to meet these people that just share interest and, mm-hmm. and get to know them and realize uh, it's just so much of like, I don't know, if your only exposure to people is six second bursts on 100 and, or 280 characters, whatever it might be, like... You, your mind can race of like what is this person really like and, and whatever else is going on and and there's so much inflection and whatever else that can be in part in things and right. it's just i guess so much pushback one of the things i get so much pushback for being arrogant because like <laughs> I, and it's what? just so funny because so sigmund bloom is somebody that i i look up to greatly and yes in sigmund bloom at one point he said he said say it with your chest like take out like don't say i think when you're going to say something just say like you know you because you can have a tweet and you can say i think alvin kamara will be a top 12 running back or you can just say alvin kamara will be a top 12 running back and he said that there's by removing i think out of that phrase it adds a lot of power to it but it also like there's just no in situations I feel like so often in social media of like, cause if you do that, it's a stronger statement. It's less characters. It's able to get across quicker. Yeah. And, and, but it's also apparently arrogant. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It, it's just like, and people like, don't be so certain. And it's just like, well, I am certain because I've done the work and I believe yeah. in this and I'm going to Obviously I'm thinking you, it anyway. Yeah. You say it with your chest, you're thinking it anyways, go ahead and say it. Yeah. somebody i don't know if it was i don't know where i saw that but yeah i saw the same thing was to take the i think or if it was me or whatever you know so like i totally get that and i don't think it's arrogant at all it's being confident and there's a difference between being arrogant and being confident yeah but like i am so rife with imposter syndrome and like (laughs) if i belong in the space and whatever else like the idea that i'm arrogant about stuff it's just like it's wild to me of like if you got took the time to get to know me it's just like not me at all and i don't know it's just funny have like it's just you know your mind to race and if you're only seeing things in certain contexts and if you're inferring negativity and and i think that's something that um, happens a lot people infer the negativity into things and it's like i always say like if you're reading my tweet just imagine i said it with a smile sitting at a a bar with you basically like almost every single tweet is like 
because there are things that make me laugh, that there are observations that make me laugh. I lo love observational humor. I grew up on Seinfeld, so observational humor is is something that I really enjoy. And um, I try to convey with, try to bring to the fantasy football space, try to bring that entertainment level, especially in tweets, um, just funny things that I'm seeing. And it's not like, I'm not attacking anybody. Like that. It's, it's just like, it's, but so many people will be like, well, what's your problem or whatever. And it's, nothing it really not <laughs> no problem thanks yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go that's how you deal with twitter sometimes um yeah. podcasting um how what is your podcast all about what is it exactly um and when did you why did you come up with this podcast so we so the debbie royale now the the fantasy or the Gosh, I need to figure this name out because I feel like I'm stumbling. <laughs> we just started this week. Last night was our very yeah. first episode on Football Guys. So the Football Guys College Football Show. I've And it's like in my mind, I've said it one way for the last 18 months and I need to flip that switch. Uh, so the Football Guys College Football Show. We, we started out um, and it was really, I was kind of getting into the space. I knew I wanted to do a podcast and um, Kevin Coleman is one of the nicest people in the space. And he was one of the very first people to reach out to me to have me go on a show. And at the time he was doing a kind of a show like this where, you know, one-on-one -on -one and, and talking about a, a topic or whatnot. And he had me on and um, we, we were able to make that connection. And Christian Williams was somebody that we bonded over Justin Fields at Ohio State and Justin Fields being quarterback one in the, the draft class. And um, it was just really funny ha happenstance. Like I, it was one of those that I had seen a lot of his tweets and I'm like, we're, we're kind of on the same wavelength with a lot of stuff here. And we just kind of, it was one of those of like, it's like almost like stepbrothers where it's like, <laughs> did we just become best friends? Yes. <laughs> like we had this, a, a, a tweet about Justin Fields about that. And, and so, conversations kind of started between the three of us there and then Christian and Kevin didn't know each other at all. And I just kind of brought everybody together and I said, Hey, I have this idea and, and I would like to do um, a college football Debbie show for lack of a better term, a Debbie show. And, you know, I, I think that you know, Christian was very deep into the scouting world and the draft world. Kevin was very, very into the college world and college fantasy world. And I, I was like, I think we have shared interests. I think we are um, personalities that mesh well. And, so um, that that's kind of the genesis. We and it was one of those that we talked for like three months before we did our first episode, just with a group chat, the three of us, just getting to know each other in that regard. And you know, we made the decision early to not have guests come on our show because we just wanted to build the rapport between the three of us. And and I think that that's one thing that I, I think that your show or like what Dave does is fantastic to have guests on. And, and, but I think that at the same time, like if you're starting out a show with a couple friends, I think too often that people will have guests and you're like, you're not building that natural camaraderie, that, that natural mm -hmm. flow between whoever it might be regularly on the show, I think oftentimes. Um, so we made that choice. We decided we weren't going to have guests come on. And so we, we built it up and we did, um, really the easiest way to describe it would be it breaks it down into three different seasons and so if you listen to us during college football season we are getting you ready for that week's college football games we are going through the previous week we're talking about the games upcoming you can listen to our show you're going to have a good idea of what you want to watch on saturday we play games at the end we pick games we it's one of the you know, we have competition between the three of us running on taking picks against the spread and so that's what we do in season then once the season ends, 
we flip hard to draft mode and we will do we do only draft content for to get you ready for your rookie drafts in your dynasty leagues we hammer that for three months or so but from january the senior bowl through the actual nfl draft and then we kind of put that to bed and then we cycle more towards that Debbie towards the preview stuff and, and get you hammering those next year that the Debbie, like you listen to the summer episodes, we're talking a lot of Debbie there where we're talking about our favorite 2023 quarterbacks or our favorite 2023 running backs and, and building that concepts of like, let's build the class out for you. And a lot of Kevin does a fantastic article for football guys where he does a top 36 big board for like next year. So you can check out Kevin's article on football guys and that the idea behind that will be like, that's what your draft's going to look like next year in your rookie draft. And that's kind of where he's seeing it on that. And Christian does a, a great, a great series where he's diving into these players one by one and, and kind of really teaching you about those. And we've got, we did a draft guide last year through the Debbie Royale where you know, that, that whole guide, you can read that through the Patreon and, and you know, that'll get you ready for your rookie drafts. But that's really where it kind of breaks down into three different areas where, you know, we're kind of touching that dynasty, that rookie draft, and then we're, we're doing Debbie content. And then right now we're just a pure college football show. Had you gone on podcast or done any prior podcasting before you put up what you're doing now? Um, I had done a lot of guest spots. Um, that was the one thing I think that was fortunate about getting started when I got started because um, I was fortunate to get into a couple group chats that like everybody was looking for guests and be able to do guest spots and and be able to do a lot of those. Um, and and I've done, I, I feel like the first year I did the first spring I did I had like three shows a day almost of like yes. different guest appearances, like just yep. doing them. Um, and it was fantastic because I I really you drink it from the fire hose at that point. I'd never done it before. And, you know, things like not saying, um, and whatever else, it's like, you just have to break that out of you basically just from doing reps. And so, uh, that was, was one of those. And, and I, don't, I was always nervous to, to do it. And finally, it was just like, it was new year's Eve, 2021. I, had a couple drinks and I just decided this is it. And I ordered a microphone <laughs> and I was like, this is what I'm doing in 2021. I'm finally going to be on podcast and I'm finally going to, cause I had through the fall of 2020, I, I it was almost just kind of a, a lurker, like a watcher more. And I would interact with a lot of people, but I would, would watch the shows um, during the fall and, and would do a lot of that. So kind of had a good idea what I was stepping into, but just took the plunge and bought a microphone and then said yes to everything just say yes to everything like you get started to say yes to everybody and and meet people that way and and do different things and and so I said yes to everything that came across my plate and and just kind of got those reps and then you know now it's gotten narrowed down quite a bit I, I think that there's just not as much in the space as there was before but um I'd kind of make the active choices that I just don't have the time like I you know I'm going to be kind of selective now a little bit and it's not, nothing against anybody it's just I, I work a career. I've got a family. I'm, I've got yeah. very major commitments to football guys. And so it's just something's got to give. 100. I get it. And I, my the little light bulb went off in my head when we we're talking about like doing so many. Yeah, I did so many podcasts right when like everything shut down. It was just yeah. like constant podcast constantly. And then I was like, how 
you know, going back to work and stuff. I'm like, wait, how was I able to do that? And I was like, oh, because I was like relaxed because I didn't have to go oh. into the office. And, you know, I got my work done early because we didn't take a lunch and all this other stuff. So that's how. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, podcasting and I, I mean, obviously you talked about kind of having the time where you got to know each other before you guys actually went into it and everything for somebody who's just starting out and they're wanting to not do a podcast by themselves, but they want to have co-host as well. Um, what kind of advice do you have for those people when they're out looking for other people to join them? Look at who you enjoy interacting with on Twitter is probably a big, is probably the main one. You know, the, the people that, um, you follow that you interact with daily that um you know you kind of learn and, and people that and that was the other thing like i was i was a lurker on twitter basically for six <laughs> months and and kind of had a, a good idea of um you, you know like you, you guys are my guys like this is and like it, there was no second choices of like if, if kevin and christian had said no i don't know like what would have happened because like i there was no like plan b on any other of like I'd probably just been like, all right, well, we'll see, we'll see what else comes <laughs> up, I guess. But um, it, it, and I would say, yeah, that would be the first thing. Um, build those relationships. I, I can't. If you're getting started in the space, find other people that are getting started in the space. It, that and meet those people, and maybe make a group chat of like eight of you or whatever. And you know, it need to be a sixty-person group chat that people get uh, upset about. Is like find five of you, eight of you, throw it into a room, talk to each other, get to know each other, and and do those types of things because um, you know we talked previously about like circles get tight in the yeah. space, and um, you know part of it, I think part of it's just necessity of the space, but part of it's just natural human interaction. It's just very, very hard to maintain relationships with more than I feel like 10 people a day is seems like a lot to maintain a relationship <laughs> with 10 people a day seems like a lot, much less, yeah. um, you know, to, to really get out and in, in, in that regard. And so, um, you know, circles get tight and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just think it's part of natural human evolution and part of how relationships are built. And, and so, if you're feeling like you're outside of circles, find other people that also feel like they're outside of circles mm -hmm. and, and, you know, make your own circle. And, and I don't know, it's just, it's just kind of how it works sometimes. And I love, I love when new people come in and you can kind of spot somebody. It was like, wow, that person has something about them. That's going to make them blow up in this space could be something big in this space. I want to get in on it while I can. Yeah. I love being able to find people like that so it, it to me i think it's really awesome to see the new people coming in so don't be scared about it per se yeah. i mean obviously you're going to be scared about it everybody has a little bit of anxiety at first but you know we're all here to help out like this is a community i know some people think yeah. it's just competitive 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 i need a full-time job so i'm gonna elbow you and then you know all that stuff i'm not i'm, I'm a lover i'm a lover not a fighter so yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it is it's cool to be able to like talk to people on this app and meet people and have people that'll take you under their wing and and all of that. So when people come to you with advice, are you one of the you know, like are you when you when you talk to people and kind of like help them with their journey, um, you know, are you one of those people that's open to to, to help other people out when when they reach out to you? Absolutely. That is, that is the thing that I believe in like, beyond anything, because I remember 
being in those shoes. And I remember I, wanting to create content and not knowing the first place to start. And so that's mm -hmm. one of the, the things that I've, you know, and, and talked about Jeff Lambert before. And I have talked to him about um, one of my things, like I'll occasionally send a tweet and be like, if you're looking to get started, like I'll be like, if you've got a company that's looking to hire, let's throw them on here and let's, let's make, mm -hmm. let's give somebody somewhere they can go. Or like I put yeah. out uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had a tweet, like right off the expo, I tweeted of like, because I, I talked to Joe about like some of the guesting stuff and like, I just felt terrible about, um, I just feel bad saying no to people. And yeah. um, so I talked to him about that. And one of the things I decided to do is I put out a directory on like, if you need guests for your podcast, like go to this directory. And I just tweeted out like, hey, if you're a podcast that is potentially looking for guests or if you're looking to do guest appearances, let me know. And I have this Google sheet that um, people can look at and they it's an entire got like 30 people that are on there for the guest list and like a, a half dozen or a dozen or so podcasts that are looking for potential guests and so that's a, a tweet that's out there in the world and and you know come to me and i'm certainly happy to share that of people that are looking to be on shows and uh, i just i remember wanting to do this for years and and mm -hmm. not knowing the first place to start and, and thinking right. like well, if I yeah. want to do fantasy content, I just have to be in the same elevator as Matthew Barry just randomly yeah, one day. Exactly. Like that's, that's, what... that's the only way I could possibly yep. do this. Like, and, and so that's the, one of my biggest things that like, I just want, cause, cause being able to, this has been tremendously fulfilling in my life and it's, it's scratching things that I never, you know, it's, it's, it fills that hole that you're walking through life with for so long of like, this is the this was the road not taken like back when I was in college basically like this is what I wanted to to do before like practical me took over and so being able to do and I, I want to pay that forward I, I want people to be able to have that same thing to be able to realize that creativity to be able to if you like writing or if you want to just talk football you want to make friends and, and just that you can talk football because that's one of the other things of like we can just talk football and you can get down and yeah. you can talk about Whereas like you go to Thanksgiving and you're with your uncle or whatever, and your uncle watches just that Browns game and you're like, oh, and he's like, who's that, who's that Chargers quarterback again? Is that Justin Herbert? Is he okay? It's just like, yeah, I, I can't <laughs> yeah. have this conversation. Like, yep. like my, my wife will, will be at parties and like, she, you know, we've been married for almost 10 years now and she knows me and she'll be like, there'll be a conversation like that going on. I'll just walk away. And like, people will be like, well, I thought he was the football guy. And it's like, she, uh, she just knows. It's like, I can't do that. Like that type of conversation. That's hilarious. No, but it's uh, <laughs> just, uh, yeah. So I, that's one of the biggest things I've being able to pay forward. And it's like, I, I feel like I, I lack confidence in, in the content that I'm creating. And so like, I feel bad, like critiquing on stuff. And like, I run into situations where, like I, I can be a very aggressive editor. And so like, I've had a couple of people that were like, can you edit this for me? Or like, let me know your thoughts. And then like, you give them that feedback and they're like crushed. And I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but these are the things that I see that like, this is the way that I, and your style doesn't need to be my style. But like, I, right. I believe in aggressive word choice. I believe in concise messages. I believe in not wasting space. And, and I do think that a lot of what I read in the space is like, we, we have this mentality when we're in school uh, that we're in English class and you're like, you need to write a three page paper. And so we, we can make it a three page paper, but it might only be a one page paper. But like in fantasy football content, 
don't don't write a three-page paper when you write a one-page paper like you know <laughs> write the one-page paper you don't need yeah. to write the three-page paper and and so that's one of the the things that i firmly believe in and and so i'm certainly open to give feedback that's one of the it's hard for me of like finding the time to do that and that's that's right. the one thing that um it, you know if i were full-time yeah. in this industry like that probably i would have more of myself open to those types of things because that I just don't know where it comes from right now is is a lot. Yeah, no, I I get that completely. And also put you on the spot asking like if people come to you, because like you're not going to say, screw those guys, I'm not coming to help you. I'm a a big believer. I believe in the philosophy of if I don't have the answer, let me let me at least put you in the direction to get the answer. Somebody, and, and yeah, people ask me questions about stuff i have no clue but i know yeah. the people who do you know yes exactly and uh you know also not just putting you on the spot about that kind of stuff but bills favorite player yeah. of all time you know it, it for a long time was Thurman Thomas. it's it's josh allen now i feel like and like i don't know it's um, Thurman Thomas was okay. when I was a kid, and but it, it is, and but it, I don't know, it's weird because it's like I I didn't have a quarterback for twenty years, and like it's just one of those of like he's just so much fun and he's so good, and but like he's it was it was so he wasn't supposed to be good, and yeah, like he wasn't. The they were they were like nah, he, it, wrong yeah. Josh, and like everything else, like yes. Rosen was in the, wrong Josh, and so he's not supposed mm-hmm. to be good, and so it's like. As a Bills fan, it's just like very hard for like you're waiting for the bad thing to happen. Yes, <laughs> it's like is my life that. as a Bills fan is just waiting for the bad thing to happen. Like waiting for that day of like whatever magic Josh Allen discovered to make him a great quarterback is just gonna go away. And it's just gonna be like <laughs> th- overthrowing guys by 50 yards again and whatever else. Um, but he's and the other thing too, it, it's funny as you get older because I feel like it's it's weird to like have somebody be half your age and be like, oh, he's my favorite player. Cause it feels like that feels like a childhood thing. Of like, yeah, it does kind of, you know, it? like it, th- those are my idols. Like those are my favorite players. Huh. And, and like, it's, it's weird as an adult to be like, especially like being like way into college of like, there's, there's players that I really enjoy, but it's like, it's like weird for like my favorite college player of all time is Will Allen. He was a safety for Ohio state and he played for the Steelers for a number of years and um he was in college when i was in college and so mm-hmm. that was like one of those mm-hmm. things of like this is a peer like this guy and he yeah he just always had i i played defensive back when i was a kid i, I love defensive back and he just always had a knack for like the big game-changing interception or the big game-changing play and um so that but it's like i can't imagine now having a new favorite college player like i can't imagine as a 40 year old man being like <laughs> well this 19 year old is my favorite player of all time now it's just like yeah it's just funny to me of like that just feels like a childhood thing of like and so it's yeah. weird that Josh Allen would be my favorite bill because it's like it's like I shouldn't be like but at the same time it's like I just love that guy. I just well you know when, it, when your team is doing stuff to put a smile on your face yeah. you know you gotta you gotta give props where props are due and like I'm sorry but in the past my team which Okay, so my team's the Dallas Cowboys, so obviously mm-hmm. my team was – yeah, you know. So you know yeah. my team's the reason why your childhood was, like, yeah. <laughs> depressing. I, very, yes, my, yeah. I have a very yeah. tumultuous relationship with the Dallas Cowboys organization. Yeah. That, you and I both, I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's – yeah. 
But I, I, you know, I love seeing these Bills fans that have been Bills fans for a while that are like, you know, and and the reason why is like also, I love it. I love why you know people. The, the backstory because my backstory is I was born into it right this is what you're gonna like and yeah I was just like cool cool and and then luckily for me they were doing well when I was a child so it was even cooler so um totally totally uh do you watch a lot of football like on the weekends or in like Thursday night or are you like how much football do you watch football too much religion, Casey. I, I, watch as much <laughs> I, I know watch you're this. from a place where yeah, like life no, is uh, football but yeah no I um yeah i mean it it's hard for i don't watch as much as i would like to um like it was one of those like when i met my wife i was like you need to understand that football is a very very big deal in my life like, like you need <laughs> yes. to be comfortable and and her dad was a high school or a college running back and her brother was a college running back so she got it and um yeah. but it was just one of those of like like this isn't the type of thing of like football's kind of a big football's a very very big deal in my life like you need to know this like before we get into this relate it was like the first thing i told yeah. her it was like like I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to scare Gotta you off here. There. I'm just gonna be honest with the reality. Um, but yeah. you know, I've got three kids now, and I'm they're seven, four, and one. And so, um, you know, I I have red zone on during the daytime on Sunday, and and that's we really don't have TV on during the daytime except for during football season. If there's a football game on, TV's on. Um, mm -hmm. it, but like during the daytime with the kids, we don't really have it on very often. Uh, the rest of the year, but yeah, if, if there's a football game on, it's on my TV. Um, is is kind of the it's at least on a TV in my house, like type <laughs> thing. Um, so yes, I yeah. watch a lot of football, but I don't. It's I don't know. I, I watch a lot of football. I don't watch as much as I would like to watch. I don't have the opportunity to dive back into games that I would probably like to have, um, mm -hmm. just because uh, the way my schedule works out, I guess. Um, but I, you know, I watch as much as i possibly can if you had like an extra hour every day would you spend that doing more football stuff or do you think you'd find something else to do with your time i'd sleep yeah uh, you know <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I asked that I to somebody know. else they didn't say sleep but and then i asked somebody else and they were definitely about sleep so yeah that's the one i say I, sleep but <laughs> i don't know I, I mean i would probably would fill it with something i guess but um i would love to have an extra hour of sleep like oh I, man it's just one of those two of like I feel like it's like you I know myself like I, I have had kids for seven years and like I was always kind of an early riser anyways and so like if I get to 7 15 in the morning like I'm fine um yeah. but it's like that like 5 45 like it, I'm not like type thing and so it's <laughs> like if I had an extra hour that I was able to sleep till 7 a.m every morning like I would be in a much better mind state and, and uh, that's where I would use it but um, I like to say to be productive, but um, I don't know. My mind is all over the place. I'm bouncing all over the place, like all the time. And, and I would like to say, I feel like the right answer is spend it with family, but, um, and that certainly would be part of it. Um, let's but, all take a nap. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's all take daddy nap is a, a thing that happens in the house of like, you know, dad's watching you, like, hey, why don't you, you know, snuggle in the bed and we'll put something on and daddy's going to nap for the next nap. 45 minutes. <laughs> I remember those days as a kid. Mom was like, I got to take a nap. Yeah. Come on, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what do you like to do in your free time, though? I know you're a family man. You've got, you know, your kids and your wife as well, obviously. I don't want to say you know because you obviously know. Uh, yeah. But what do you, like to do for free time i like to golf um that but that's something that has kind of gone away with kids because i can't really go out and golf at nine o'clock at night so um you know <laughs> no. if, 
Um, so I, I was a high school golfer, so I do like to golf. Um, I, media, just like all me, like music, TV, video games. Like that's, I, I don't know. That that was the type of kid that I was growing up playing video games, having the same '80s movies that I've seen a million times uh, on the TV all the time. Like I grew up, I grew up out in the country, and there was not like I it wasn't like I grew up in a neighborhood where kids were running around and playing all the time. I was to myself a lot, um, and. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I'm wired that way or if I became that way, but I am a little bit of a loner um, when it comes down to, you know, I, if I have free time, I'd throw a movie that I've seen or a binge watch a show and play video games at the same time is um, what I really like to do. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't remember if I asked you this. I know on the previous, I've done already done one of these tonight and my brain is like scattered. Okay. Um, but when you were growing up, did you have siblings? I did, yeah. So I'm I am the oldest of four. So my I have a sister that is a year and a half younger than me. I have a brother that's seven years younger than me, and I have a sister that's thirteen years younger than me. So um, there's a big spread between me and my youngest sister. Um, me and my oldest sister, oldest youngest sister, um, we're pretty close together. And it was one of those that growing up, like we were just fought nonstop. And then it was like, <laughs> we, we just, and it was so funny because we just fought nonstop. And it was like, I wanted nothing to do with her. And then it was like the moment I like left for college, it was like, it just switch flipped of like, I miss yeah. you. Like, why yeah. did I miss you? I didn't want to be, I spent the last 18 years not wanting to be around you. Why did I miss you now? It's like, and so we've, we've been, um, since then we've had a very close relationship. Uh, my brother is in the army. It's just one of those that, like he's not into sports like I'm in the sport. He's just in the army. He likes cars. Like he just, mm -hmm. our interests don't overlap very right. much. And like seven year age difference was like just kind of old enough where like we're just in completely different things at different times. And so I don't have a super close relationship with him. Like I would, I'd love to have a close relationship, but it's just sometimes people are apples and oranges and, and some of it. And so you hang out, love each other and whatnot, but um, don't, talk to him a lot. Um, and then my youngest sister is kind of a lot like me, which like my, my, so I'm, I'm, I'm a loner. And like, this is about as glorious as I get. Like, I, I don't, you know, if you see me at the expo, you see me in public or you see me, whatever, like I, I'm generally a pretty quiet person. Um, and my sister is the, usually the more outgoing one, but my youngest sister is also a quiet person. And so like, we're the type of like when we hang out like you go to a movie or whatever drive in the car and like you just sit with each other and we don't talk about much you know but it's just like I, I enjoy being in like the same room as you but like we don't talk about a lot of stuff like type thing whereas like my other sister is like pulling it out of people okay well, one more question before I have you plug all your stuff and tell everybody exactly who you are not like they don't already know based on listening but <laughs> I want to know can you say that the bills are going to the Super Bowl or are you not going to say anything like that because you don't want to um we're going to lose Patrick Mahomes every year for the next 15 years because <laughs> we traded away Patrick Mahomes and so um I, I can never allow that raid that idea in my mind that we're actually going to make the Super Bowl. I am the type of Bills fan that we traded that guy away. We've already lost to him the last two years. We're going to keep losing to him. So, so that's... Didn't know which kind of guy you were going to, you know, how you were going to go with it. So. I don't know. I don't know if I'm superstitious or maybe just a little stitious, but um, <laughs> no, it's just one of those that I just... 
the the idea i don't know they're, they're so bad for 20 years the, yeah. the idea that they could actually win the super bowl it just it, like a, like my time as a fandom started out with massive heartbreak then just mm-hmm. bad and apathy for 20 years and so mm-hmm. the idea that they can actually break through and do that um just seems so wild and far-fetched to me and it's really funny because I'm a Ohio State Buckeyes fan, and so I've seen the Buckeyes win multiple championships in my lifetime. So, like every year with the Buckeyes, I'm like, if we don't win the Super- win the championship this year, this is a massive disappointment. This is my expectation go out and win the championship. Whereas the Bills, I'm like, if you guys just make it to the Super Bowl, I'll be so happy. And if you win the Super yeah. Bowl, I don't even know what I would do with myself. And I'm over here like, if we could just win one playoff game, I'd be so excited. <laughs> well, I was there like two or three years ago. You know, it was yeah. that if they could just make the playoffs, I don't even know what that would be like. And then, <laughs> you know, you make it and you're yeah. like, if you can just win a playoff game, that would be so cool. But then now, yeah. the way that they've lost the last two years, you won the AFC Championship game to the game that I, there was so, I repressed that game so hard. Like it, and like I've never been like I was after that loss. Like, and yeah. it was just one of those like I was just like catatonic almost of like I, I couldn't even process it. And then it was so oh, weird because like I, I just like suppressed everything. And then when um like when they kicked off this year against the Rams, it's like my emotions like flooded out of like all the things like just hit me so hard to like see them back out on the field again. And it was just. So, like a very surreal, weird feeling of like, okay, clearly I did not deal with that loss in a healthy manner. <laughs> now I deal with those things now, like eight months later, but uh, that it was just it was such a, a surreal, like just weird. Like even off season, it was like I, I didn't. It was like I, I didn't allow myself to like dive into it and uh, like really of like, well, well, they got Von Miller, cool, okay, well, but like it wasn't like. It was almost like I had dis like disconnected my fandom part of myself like from me for like a period of months because I just couldn't even deal with the massive disappointment. Well, to go from your weird emotions, if you owe the weirdness of it all, to actually uh, tell us, uh, we're just gonna go right into who who are you? Like, where can we find you? Where is your stuff? And uh, all of that jazz. Anything I forgot to. No, um, you can find me on Twitter at for whom J Bell tolls the number four. You can find me with footballguys.com. That's where um, you know my podcast. Check out the Football Guys College Football Show. You can find me putting content out on the website. I write a um, if you're a dynasty player, I write an article that comes out every Monday that really just dives through. Just it's a hodgepodge. It's really like lets my brain go on everything that I saw from the weekend. Um, you know, kind of go through. I write a story about what I saw from the games, and then just dive in through interesting stat stuff or things that I'm looking, keeping an eye on. And and I let I have that come out on Mondays, and then um, I I'm the editor, and I kind of put together. We do a couple more roundtables throughout the week, where if you're a dynasty player. You can, um, we do rankings movement, you know, on, we're going to release that on Thursdays and that comes out and that kind of gives you up and down who's moving where in dynasty rankings. And then on Friday, we have a college football roundtable that comes out and the staff contributes to both of those articles. Um, so you, all of you, all the names that you've come to know and love and the staff contribute to those articles, re- release those. And, and so um, I kind of edit those things, put those out under my name, but I'm kind of like the moderator on those. And so um, that content's coming out and you can find me. We have a Patreon on the Debbie Royale and 
Um, you can find me in the Discord there. I do a, a Discord for football guys Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Uh, come chat with me. I have a channel there, and I do start sits on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. You can find me. I put rankings out in Fantasy Pro DCR, so I'm really just kind of all over the place. A lot of stuff going on, so I wanted to say thank you again, Jeff, for coming on the show. Since you have so much stuff going on, I'm so happy that you could fit me, little old me, into your schedule. But no, everybody go check out everything that Jeff has to offer, because there's a lot of awesome stuff out there. Awesome content, and football guys are, are just awesome people. So with all that awesomeness, make sure that you come back next week for another episode of Get Real with me, Casey Kasem. And remember to stay rad.